This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. When you get to 4 nothing, and, you know, after the second period, I think you, there's parts there we might have lost our competitive edge for some shifts. you got to be real careful of that this time of the year. Um, it's not a January game where the team's moving on to their next opponent, so are we. So we talked about that between periods. and So I liked our game, obviously. We're, there's still things we'll look at that we know we can do better, but uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it's a good performance by us. Our guys were ready to play. 7-2 victory. Last night for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I, I, I won't call it a stranglehold on the series. I, I was uh, reading some articles over the last little bit um, since the since the playoffs started. And I, I, I was reading one article and it referred to a 2 nothing lead as a stranglehold. I, I wouldn't say stranglehold. I wouldn't go that far. I would say control. I'll say the Vegas Golden Knights are in control of the series up 2 nothing. Over the Florida Panthers. Cameron Poitras here. Jim Toth is off today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, but what do you think about the situation with the Florida Panthers? Uh, can they come back? You know that age-old adage that really doesn't add up to much, usually. Um, you know, you haven't lost until you... Uh, you haven't lost until you've lost at home. Well, that's certainly what the Florida Panthers are going to be saying to themselves. Uh, but they're certainly in a hole. You can say that they're in a hole. They're down two games, uh, losing the first two, heading black back to Florida. That's a good thing for them. Uh, and Matthew Kachuk, uh, anxious to get back to Sunrise. I think that going home and playing in front of our amazing fans and and the momentum we've had playing there like the last month and honestly since January, we've we've been a solid home team and um, you know we're gonna we're gonna need them and hope to come out and. In Game Three, playing uh, our best hockey of the season, and it'll be, uh, I think, if we do that, that'll be a recipe for success for us, and we can make this a series. Yeah, Game Three is going to go on th- in Thursday in Sunrise, Florida. Um, not not in must-win territory, but again, a three-nothing hole. I mean, there's only been four times in history. Every single time a team goes up three-nothing, we have to remind the audience it's only happened four times previous. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. It's part and parcel with a team going up 3-0. But if uh, what do you think about the Panthers? you think they can battle back? Texas show, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. One thing I do know um, that the Florida Panthers are going to need to clean up, first and foremost, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let Paul Maurice say it right here. This was him after the game. Yeah, parts of our game that we know we can improve, we're going to have to get to real fast. There's, there's no doubt about that. We'll have a... Uh, Pretty simple game plan. I, I don't think it's about scoring goals in this series because I think uh, it's about defending the rush, and we weren't great at that tonight. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, keeping count on what actually happened during that game, Vegas scored six out of their seven goals on the rush in that game. You, at no point are you ever going to win a, a hockey game in a situation like that. And Bobrovsky, you know, he got chased, allowing four goals on on 13 shots just before the midway point of the second period he got pulled and you know listen he let in four goals no doubt could he have played better would he have wanted a couple of those back there's there's no doubt about that but he needed a little bit more support out there for the Florida Panthers um they needed to play better in front of him 
And again, here here's Paul Maurice after the game. I don't know. I'll sweat about that one for the next two days. We can be a little better in front of our goaltender. He's been unbelievable for us. So I got him out to keep him rested. Yeah, Paul Maurice there uh, in question. If you know, Is there going to be in question on who he's going to start for game three? Uh, you got to go with Bobrovsky. I, I, I think you got to start Bobrovsky in that game. He's been he's been lights out uh, the entire series, le- well the entire postseason leading up to this moment. But the thing about Bobrovsky is, um, he can kind of be a little bit confusing every now and then, right? And and we've seen him in the playoffs. We've seen Bobrovsky at his best. This is a guy who's won a Vesna, right? Uh, th- this is a guy who can be perhaps even the best goaltender in the league. The problem with Bobrovsky, and it's always in the back of your mind, um, that he's prone to to patchy play. I'll call it patchy in times and falling off. And listen, he's been the Florida Panthers have been paying him $10 million for a number of years now, and they have not been getting value for that amount of money. And, and Jim and I, I think it was last week we were talking about, I mean, regardless of how well he was playing, you know, let's just go back to last week. Was he worth that $10 million contract? Probably not. And it's probably hurt the team more um, than they might care to admit. But the thing about it is, is when he's playing like that, listen, you can swallow it up. But he's been inconsistent is the best, perhaps the best way to describe it uh, in Florida. There's been stretches of times, long stretches of times where he hasn't even been the starter for the team. And so that's 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 always sort of in the in the back of your mind. And after a performance like that, you wonder: Is he going to be shaken? Is he going to be shaken? Uh, props to to Brett Howden, Oak Banks, Brett Howden for scoring twice for Vegas in that game. Um, of course, five members of uh, uh, of the province of Manitoba, Manitobans on that team. I mean, you'll see the cup. If if Vegas can win the next two, they can win two games out of the next uh, five here. Uh, if it if it comes down to that, um, then then uh, then we'll be seeing the the, the cup here uh, quite often over the course of the summer. Or maybe it'll just be all all together in one swing here. I uh, hear something that I did like from the game, uh, and I wanted to 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 talk about this that that Kachuk hit a uh, sort of coming around to the close of the second period. Uh, totally clean, no ands ifs, no buts about it, but. It was Eichel after the game, and I'm not the biggest Jack Eichel fan, but but I appreciated this. Uh, kind of toe picked a little bit, and uh, you know saw him at the last minute. Um, he finishes a hard, you know what I saw was a clean check on me, and it's a physical game. You're going to get hit sometimes, so um, you just just kind of move on, you know. Yeah, it was nice to hear a player admit that. You know, it was a clean check. Usually, you know, there's the there's the thing after the game, like you know, you know, a dirty hit, this and that. You know what I mean? There's sort of the 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 go around of something like that, and but listen, that was a 100% a clean hit, shoulder down, legs on the ice. There's there's no question about it. But it, it was just nice. Uh, it was nice to see a player and Bruce Cassidy. We heard from the head coach of the of the Vegas Golden Knights um, in, in in the opening clip. There, he he said as much too. Clean hit. Listen, it happens in hockey. Get up, dust yourself off, keep going. And he would return for the for the for the third period there. But it, I just thought that was a nice. Uh, it was just a nice thing that maybe we don't hear enough of in, in the National Hockey League when there is an actual clean hit. Um, you know, and, and, and with the emotions, I mean, there was a scrum that, that went afterwards, but the emotions of a playoff game, a big hit like that on Eichel, um, you know, I mean, perhaps in the regular season in games that don't matter as much as game two of the Stanley Cup final, 
Uh, maybe we don't need to have scrums that, that stop the flow of play on clean hits. Uh, but given the circumstances and situations where you got to stand up and you can't, you got to fight for every single inch. Uh, when a player like Kachuk hits Eichel, one of your star players, listen, you, there has to be a response. You can't let something like that go. Because listen, the other team is going to be paying attention. That's something they're going to key on going forward. So, uh, yeah, not the biggest fan of scrums after clean hits. And, you know, uh, I, I prefer the whole dust yourself off method. But listen, given the circumstances, it's game two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's got to be a high level of emotion every single moment you're on the ice. You stand up and and, and you get going. That's that's absolutely for sure. Uh, Terry text the show, uh, uh, 204-780-6868. He says, hi, Cam and Jim. What has happened to the Florida Panthers? I would have thought they would be doing much better. I was sick watching the game. Oh, Terry, don't be sick. Uh, Paul Maurice has to fire up the team. The series has made me loathe the Golden Knights even more. Look forward to to hearing your comments, Terry. Yeah, I mean, heading into the series, one thing that was in the back of my mind, uh, and it was obviously... Not to the extent, I mean, the Stanley Cup is a lot different than the second round, but uh, you 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 have a long series. It goes six games, not seven like the one in Montreal and in Toronto during the bubble year uh, when the Jets swept the Oilers. But heading into that, that was a long delay between, and correct me if I'm wrong, and if you have the answer, 204-780-6868, I believe it was 11, 11 days or so between games. It, if it wasn't 11, it was, a, it was a period of time around that, give or take a day. Um, but it, it was a real long period of time. And I, and I was sort of of the mind that, you know, Paul Maurice was going to take the experience from that series and that long delay, um, and, and perhaps figure out how to, how to deal with that while you're sort of sitting around twiddling your thumbs and trying to work out waiting for your opponent while you're, 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 you're kind of, your body's kind of starting to, you know, uh, heal itself for the lack of a better, a better word. When there's something to be said about, if you're the Vegas golden Knights, you get to just go and go and go and then get a couple of days, and then hit the Stanley cup. But it's a tough situation to be in, uh, to be kind of sitting around. Of course, if you're going to take a sweep, you take the sweep every time. I mean, you take the wins. Um, but the situation there is, yeah, it's, it's, it, it it's tough, but could, could we see the Panthers come back and win game three on Thursday? Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's not something out of the realm uh, of possibility here. And, and they could win the next two. And, you know, we'll see, we could be head back into Vegas for game five and the series tied at, at two games apiece. Uh, that's for sure. Um, there was a great piece written by Matt Larkin with the Daily Faceoff, Frank Cervelli's uh, uh, a website there, about seven trade destinations for Connor Hellebuck if he is made available and if he does hit the market. Uh, Carolina, LA, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vegas. Uh, there was one other team on that list. We'll be right back. Let's take a break. I'll tell you what team that is after the 1230 news, uh, after the 1230 news, uh, with, with Skylar Peters. And then as the show continues to go on here, I will hear more. We'll take a bigger look at sort of the market for, Connor Hellebuck, if he is available, and also Sergio Castillo uh, putting his arm around uh, uh, a comrade uh, that that was released. We, we can, we'll hear that audio as the show goes on. Cameron Poitras, Jim Toth off. He's going to be uh, back in the saddle tomorrow. Let's take a break. Jets at noon. Sports Minute on its way. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.
Well, I I couldn't have been the only person that was genuinely shocked uh, when the news came out today about PGA Tour and Live Golf announcing their merger. After all that bad blood, all that talk, the moral high ground, right? It turns out money talks. And it walks, too, pretty fast. Bad blood, tension, nothing a couple of good old George Washingtons can't fix. The American greenback, the dollar bill. Uh, Commissioner Jay Monahan is going to be attending the um, uh, the Canadian Open. He's going to be explaining the future of pro golf to his membership in Toronto at the Canadian Open. Of course, that, that tees off Thursday. Uh, you know, two-time major champion Colin Morikawa on the PGA Tour. He uh, tweeted out, I love finding out morning news on Twitter. He was unaware of what happened is he found out how this was all happening on Twitter. Adam Hadwin said a Canadian golfer said he found out about the merger this morning from an email and then another email from, from, from Jay Monahan. So uh, obviously not a lot of information and, you know, negotiations and stuff like that. I don't think that this is rare, um, but you know, you ask for a lot of the PGA tour is asking for a lot of loyalty from their, from their players. You know, Jay Monahan was on CBS Sports previously talking about 9-11 victims and the terrorists association in the 9-11 attacks with Saudi Arabia asking the players who defected to live golf, saying, like, have you ever had to apologize for participating in the PGA Tour? Well, I, this is what happens, Jay. I guess... Uh, well, it's it's pretty clear what's going on here. Still to be determined is how players who defected to Live Golf can return next year. What Live Golf is going to be doing going forward, as well as what kind of compensation there's going to be for players who remain loyal to the PGA Tour. But a report just came out saying uh, that there's going to be a fine uh, or a uh, barstool golf. Stan Rappaport reported that players who defected to Live are going to have to pay a fine that won't be equal for every player. So maybe that'll answer some of the questions. Anyways, we'll be right back. Ross Levitan is going to be joining us right after that. What's that other team? I mentioned six. What's the other team that Hellebuck could be traded to? Is that really an option? We'll get to that after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Let's get you back to the one-man show. It's Jets at noon. Well, I, I appreciate that, Skyler. I know this is a tough day for you. Why? Well, because I know that you are a massive Live Golf fan. <laughs> And this is devastating. <laughs> I had just put to memory what number the CW network was on my uh, cable box. Yeah. Now I have to forget it. Yeah. We're back on NBC, baby. Yeah. It's CBS. Yeah. It's a, it's a sad day. I understand this is, <laughs> as, this is as difficult. As a lifelong Four Aces fan. Yeah. Yeah, you've been really dedicated to live golf, you know, and I know that this has been it's a challenging day for you. <laughs> They're merging now, so it's they're going to come together. I no longer have to take the moral low ground. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. we all do together. It's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was... You I, know, uh, the PGA Tour is a real high... It's like a very... You know, it's... You know, they're about people. You know what I mean? The PGA Tour is about people. <laughs> that's first and that's foremost. why, like, top four players in the world were finding out via... Adam Schefter yeah. of all people. You know, it's a it's about fam it's about family. It's about family with the PGA tour. You know what I mean? It's oh. not it's not a you know what? It's what it's all about. It's I about almost taking, crashed my car. It's about, like taking, I heard this. it's about taking care of one another. That's what PGA tour is all taking about. Taking care with greenbacks. 
<laughs> yeah, it's which which everybody's which they're going to be they're going to be yeah. flying around at uh, Oakdale GC in Toronto I'm, this weekend. I'm shocked that this has all been about money this entire time. Yeah. Who would have thought? I didn't have any idea. I when, thought it when was. When has money ever motivated anybody to do something? I thought it was about like 9/11 victims, like Jay Monahan was saying, Commissioner a year PGA ago Tour. Today. Yeah, a year ago today, <laughs> I or a that, year ago at this tournament. Yeah, yeah, at this yeah. Year, he said it at the Canada, Canadian Open. Yeah. Yeah. What's so. up with our national championship and just being a it's a brewing yeah, ground just for comes golf in. controversy? Listen, if you're covering golf in Canada, you've had you've had some juicy oh, stuff. Bob the last Weeks, bit. we need to get Bob Weeks on the phone. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, Tyler. No problem, buddy. Absolutely. Okay. Listen. So th- there's some options here for the Winnipeg Jets. At least there's some brewing options for moves that perhaps they're going to make. And and and. David Pignata of the fourth period, um, a friend of the program, he's going to be on actually later on this week. I think I booked him for Thursday, but he was on NHL Network yesterday um, talking about the Winnipeg Jets and teams beginning to express interest um, in the players that are available. Of course, not even the end of the Stanley Cup, so things don't really start to heat up here. Uh, But uh, the players that you would think is on that list, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Connor Hellebuck, uh, Mark Shifley, um and, and Blake Wheeler. He did say that if it's of his opinion that if Wheeler is going to get traded in a move, um, that there's going to need the Winnipeg Jets will likely have to hold on a salary. There'll be a salary retention. Um, and he Wheeler does have a five team list, but he's willing to expand it based on options. And there's a lot of teams doing a lot of poking around. Uh, Pegnata also went on to say, and we'll get him to expand on this again in Thursday, so make sure you tune in for that. But the Jets are still feel their window is open. It's not a rebuild. Repeat, the Winnipeg Jets are not in rebuild mode, and they're looking to make hockey-type trades, bring in players, maybe futures if possible, but players are what the Winnipeg Jets are looking to acquire. They still want to support the players they have under contract, like Morrissey, like Ehlers, like Casey, and, and other guys, up-and-comers like like Cole Perfetti. Now, if Hellebuck does go to market, Pagnotta spoke about teams like Pittsburgh and Buffalo and Los Angeles, Carolina, L.A., New Jersey, Toronto, Vegas, Vegas, the Golden Knights as well, and this team, the Ottawa Senators. And to talk about that, I'm bringing on Ross Levitan, a host of the Locked On Senators podcast, as well as a colleague here on 680 CGOB. Ross, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Cam. Nice to chat with you. Did Jim call in sick when he heard I was on or what? Yeah, it was something like that. I don't know. I said, I think I'm going to get Ross on. And he's like, you know, I'm going to go see you later. I'm I'm running out of here. So I don't know. I Maybe I shouldn't even have said that. But there was some sort of a loose association with you. But uh, he, there were some things said. I, maybe I shouldn't repeat them. I was going to say, he didn't even like say hi to me yesterday. Just turned around, walked straight out the door. So I don't know. It must have been something I said <laughs> last week. Not sure. I owe him apologies. Jim, if you're listening, I'm sorry, man. He's got thin skin. You know, he's, he's, he's dealing with, he deals with hurt feelings a lot. So I, I, I don't know. It could be something to do with that. Hey, well, thin skin, thick hair on him, though, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you think about Hellebuck? I mean, this was something that Matt Larkin with the Daily Faceoff sort of floated out, that Ottawa could be a place if Connor Hellebuck is going to be moved to market. Uh, what does that do for you? Is that, is that a yay or nay from, from Ross Levitan? Love the player. Not sure I love the acquisition cost or the fact there's only one year left on the deal. That's what scares me yeah. whenever a goalie turns 30. The ticking time bomb begins. I heard you in the first segment talking about Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, he's paid yeah. like an elite goalie, but you never really know what you're going to get. There's those five guys who, over the last five years, maybe got your Sorokin, your Vasilevsky, mm. your Shosturkin, and Hellbuck's right in the mix with those guys at the top. But 
I'm just nervous. One, if he, if he wants to stay in Canada beyond, right, with Winnipeg, of course, he's got a uh, familiarity here being drafted. I, I don't know if that would be his choice to re-sign. And Ottawa's kind of going through it right now with Alex Debrinkit, albeit in an RFA situation where there's that risk when you have Americans playing in Canada that they might want to go home at some point back to, to mm. the States. So I love the player. If, if there's a fit at a, at a good cost, I know there's no trade protection on Connor Hellebuck's deal, but you, you do have that caveat that he can pick wherever he wants to play after next season. Yeah, I mean, that that's what's going to make this difficult. I think if you're a team like Los Angeles or perhaps even Buffalo, or I, I think Buffalo makes a lot of sense to me as a place to go because, listen, they got a lot of prospects. Uh, and and they have a lot. They're they've they've guys that are already under term, and they're going to be doing a lot of moving over the next little bit. I think they're going to be the one of the up and coming teams. But listen, Ottawa is too. And I mean, listen, I'm 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 sp- I'm preaching to the choir here. Listen, one of the things that held Ottawa back from 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 the playoffs was goaltending. I mean, Cam Talbot, Anton Forsberg, at or near 900 save percentage. I, I don't know. Is it time for Ottawa to put up or shut up? They're not. You know. They've never been afraid to make changes and make moves, the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, they haven't. We had Pierre Dorian last week on Locked yeah. on Senators. He laid out for us kind of where they're at right now. And, and the motto going into next season, there's no excuses. Like, at some point, you have to, you have to, like you said, kind of put up or shut up and either be a competitive team. Right now, they're going to their second straight season without a first-round pick. Now, if I told you they trade him, they get Alex Debrinkit with, obviously, the caveat of what's next, and Jacob yeah. Chicker, and you're like, okay, so they didn't just give them away. But if you're going to move first-round picks like Ottawa's been doing, you have to be a competitive team. You can't give up lottery picks like that. So I, I do agree with you. Goaltending huge. They actually used the second most goalies in NHL history in a single season this year. They had seven Holy different moly. goalies play at least a game. Uh, maybe one courtesy game at the end for a prospect. So that pumped the number up by one, Levy Marilinen. But beyond that, it, it, it is a stability uh, position you need stability in. And they thought Cam Talbot was going to be that guy. Unfortunately, the guy they traded for him, Philip Gustafson, decided this was going to be his breakout year. <laughs> yeah, he was the wild, yeah. Five yeah. guy. Even though, like, I was like, I, I worked in Belleville uh, for a full year when Gustafson was there, and I did not see this. So I, that's not one where I'm going to blame the organization too much, but it is a position where it's make or break. It's, it's show me a good goalie, I'll show you a good coach. And right now, everyone in Ottawa is making statements that the coach has to go and you look and, and you have to be able to get a save and Pierre Dorian's taking two swings right he went out and traded two second round picks for Matt Murray gave him a monster contract that kind of went up in flames hurry and mm-hmm. now it's Cam Talbot so with Connor Hellebuck he's the most sure thing that you could go get on the market which is why I do think there is some interest here now from a Jets perspective I'm sure the listeners are like well what would we be getting in this and that's a question that I'd have for you because you mentioned it. This isn't a rebuild. It's a real retool. So what kind of pieces do you think the Jets would be looking for in return for a goalie of Connor Hellebuck's status? Yeah, perhaps some futures, maybe a pick, but it's going to be roster players. I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, we heard this from David Pignotti. He was on the NHL network and Elliot Friedman between, uh, between periods during game one, reiterating what we've been hearing constantly. This is not a rebuild. This is not a rebuild. This is a retool. Uh, you know, how big, uh, how many assets are going to be moved out? We, we, we don't know, but just, just looking at the, the Ottawa senators, I mean, how important this next year coming up is it for the senators to make the postseason? Well, hey, we actually have a little bit of breaking news. I don't think this is going to really affect it, but uh, Cal Peterson has just been traded to Philly. So does that open up some money for L.A. to oh. go get a goalie? Yes. Ivan I... Provorov going to Columbus as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm just seeing that too. News there, but 
Yeah, Kings yeah, retaining so, 30% of Provorov's deal. Yeah, so not sure the exact details. Maybe we can hit on that at the end of the show. But to answer your question, like the Atlantic Division is a bloodbath right now. It's, it's insane what's going on at the top. You know the Tampas, the Torontos, Boston just never seems like they're going to get off the edge. So it's a bit of an arms race. So if I'm the Jets, I'm looking at Buffalo and Ottawa, and I'm trying to create a bidding war here between those two teams saying, hey, whoever of you doesn't get Connor Hellbuck, the other one will, and good luck competing against that next year, right? Because they both want to take that next step. So if I'm the Jets, I'm calling about Shane Pinto would be the number one guy, and that, that was the guy who Arizona was gung-ho. They needed Shane Pinto in any Jacob Chikrin deal, but then when they knew that the Senators likely weren't going to make the playoffs, they're like, hey, you know what, that first-round pick being top 15 – does have quite a bit of value itself, but he's the kind of guy where if the Jets are moving on from both Dubois and Shifley, I'm not saying Pinto is going to be a number one center in this league, but he was put in a pretty unfair position at 22 years old with Josh Norris out for the year, played top six all year, scored 20 goals as a 22 year old, familiar with the region in a sense. He played two years at North Dakota for, uh, for the fighting Hawks there and was a Hobie Baker finalist. So, Ottawa has two guys. The other one, obviously known in Manitoba too, Ridley Gregg from the Mm -hmm. Brandon Wheat Kings over the last couple of years. And it does feel like eventually the Senators will either have to move one of those guys permanently to the wing or move one of them because Norris and Stutzla at 1-2 center are both locked up. So you only really have room for one of them at the third line center position. But I do think that both of them, first round pick, and then Pinto was the first pick in the second round in 2019, that they would have the potential to be a, uh, I would say a, a, a top six center, but probably the second line versus first. Yeah, I would have to. Re- yeah, Greg, Greg and 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 uh, and, and uh, Shane Pinto. Those would be the two guys. One of, if not both, and then and then something else attached to it. If, if a move is going to be made, probably likely both. If the Winnipeg Jets would be looking at the Ottawa Senators, that's interesting. You know, I wonder if L.A. I mean, with this trade and, and, and sending Cal Peterson, who really struggled last season, sending him to Philly. I wonder if they're going to be looking to sign Corpusalo or. And that's been a team that Hellebuck's been tied to, or I mean, at least discussions and some of the rumors going around if a move is going to be make if uh, you know potentially la kings could be could be making a move real quick before i let you go here ross um uh ownership gary bettman says we will know in a few weeks uh commissioner of the national hockey league uh, who the new owners of the ottawa senators are going to be uh i mean what are your what are your thoughts on this is this going to lead to a new building is it a LeBreton flats more than just a pipe dream i mean what, what is sort of your anticipation i mean you don't even really know what ownership and how, what sort of the effect they're going to have on, on the team until, you know, two, three years down the road. So, I mean, what were your sort of your thoughts on it? Cam, for the amount of time we've been waiting, it better be good. That's all <laughs> I have to say yeah. for all the pain, like verbal meme, you know, the, the usually it's like a leaf fan waiting for the cup and it's the skeleton just sitting in a lawn chair in the field. That's what <laughs> it feels like for yeah. us waiting for this ownership to be settled. It felt like final bids were going in, binding bids for groups, May 15th. It's been three and a half weeks. Like, we're going on a month. And that's what Alex DeBrinkett is apparently waiting for to make a long-term decision. So the hockey operations are on hold. Right now, DJ Smith almost feels like a lame duck coach. TSN's Darren Dreger was reporting that they want Patrick Watt, two of their ownership groups, to be the, the head coach. Well, he could get hired in the meantime. Or they could go. Anyways, it's all on hold until the ownership gets done. All four groups seem like they have really different ideas of what they want to bring to the city of Ottawa but you're right man this this arena has to be downtown it's a 40 minute drive out in the middle of nowhere and uh for the for the city to kind of 
feel the buzz around the team, it needs to be downtown. So that's kind of number one for a lot of fans. But two, it's like, hey, they need to make decisions here that are going to affect the long, medium, and short-term future of the team. And we need a decision. I don't even care who it is, but it has to be someone and it has to be soon. Locked on Senators podcast host, Ross Levitan, colleague here at 680 CJB. Ross, thanks so much, man. Take care. I appreciate it. We'll look forward to you after we uh, we deal with that Hellebuck uh, signing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's and happening. we talk about Pinto and Greg. Okay, we'll talk when the ownership is actually finally known to Ross. Okay, take care. All right, talk to you in five years then. Yeah, okay, okay yeah. six or seven. Yeah, something <laughs> all, like that. All the best, Cam. Okay, Thank you. all right, absolutely. Uh, let's take a break. On the other side, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Sergio Castillo, kicker for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, of course, you know, when a guy gets released, uh, it always cuts deep. And uh, Sergio Castillo made sure uh, one of his colleagues who was let go uh, did something special for him. I'll, I'll play that audio when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. You know, it's tough. You know, I've been there probably 11 times in my career. So I told him, you know, it's... It's like when you know you break up with your girlfriend, your first one. So it won't be the first. I mean, it's the first. It won't be the last, right? So it's um, you know it was new for him. So I try to give him my advice and um, you know for all the experiences that I've been through. So um, you know we went out that night. You know talked to him as much as I can. And you know obviously there's no words to console someone once you get let go from a job. And um, so the best thing is you know get home you know there's a 24-hour rule that i like to live by you know you win you celebrate you lose you 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 dwell on it for 24 hours but after that let's get back to work so that's that's what i told him so you know and um you know if he ever needs any type of advice you know that i'm here just like i have been since i met him since 21 and sergio castillo uh, taking out mark legio after he was let go uh, just to, you know, that, that's that's a nice story. Of course, Mark Leggio, uh, trouble with consistency over his time with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Castillo was brought in, into the team for a reason. They tried to acquire him uh, before also for a reason there. But, uh, of course, wishing Mark Leggio the best, a great cup champion here with the, with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They, the Bombers brought in that yard-long hot dog, 45 bucks. But actually, you know what, that sounds like a lot of money, but it actually isn't. That thing was... <laughs> massive you can get that at section 125 uh you know there's a great photo of it on the on the blue bomber twitter page make sure you go and check that thing out i got that pierogi and sour cream on it they got bacon bits and onions and stuff like that. just go that looks pretty cool also i had the, the philly cheesesteak sandwich they can get that at section 125 there too i don't think it was pretty dang good too I, I i enjoyed that as well that was that came in last week um but uh, so just a couple of great things to get at the Bomber game if you're going to be there on Friday, which you should be against Bo Levi Mitchell and the Hamilton Tiger Cats and your Winnipeg Blue Bombers pregame show gets going at 530 kickoff at 730 live from IG Field Blue Bombers football uh, just around the corner. Uh, one text message before we go, 204-780-6868. And maybe I'll just give you the the, the quick rundown of this trade, some of the details. Uh, Ivan Provorov moving to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Walker and Cal Peterson to Philadelphia. The Kings are going to be retaining 30% of the Provorov deal. More pieces in this move, including some minor league players. Uh, full details to come out soon. A lot of the guys are right now, in, in uh, a lot of the insiders, I was talking to a few of them today, they're right now in transition from Vegas to Miami to for the, for the, in, to sun, head off to Sunrise, Florida. 
uh, for the for the series to get going on. And I think a lot of them are on the same flight. And so I think a lot of these details are going to shake out over the next hour or so uh, as these guys are waiting in the airport and try to figure stuff out. So uh, that's what's going on there. But uh, more on this deal as it uh, as it comes up. But this one from from Jimmy James. Uh, he says Jets are junk, which is his favorite little saying. They, uh, this series proves that if you hire the if you hire the right GM, you build a Stanley Cup team out of a good solid core of Manitobans. Six Manitobans on the Golden Knights. Most important one is McCrimmon, who's the general manager. We need him at the Jets helm ASAP. Listen, okay, this is always a conversation. I believe you draft the best available player. If they're local, that's a bonus. But if you're draft, drafting based on the singular focus of the of that players from Manitoba, I think you're going to hit. You're going to have a lot of misses than hits, a lot more misses than hits. And I always hear, oh, the Bombers turned it around when they had Dembski and Harris and Oliveira on their team. Listen, if those guys weren't good football players and the best Canadians at those positions, they wouldn't have been on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The fact that they're local and from Winnipeg is a massive bonus. But you have to get good players in good positions first. And if they're from Manitoba or they're from Winnipeg, that is always a bonus, a little cherry on top. Uh, that's it for me. Hey, Jim Toth will be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Kathy Kennedy, KK, I'll take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back soon tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.